Welcome to Ecclesia Principles, a biblical strategy for believers to engage in God's design for government with Ray Eppard. Hello, glad you could join us again today. We're currently discussing the spiritual dynamics of government. Now, today we're going to get into talking even deeper about strongholds. Uh, we're called to pull down strongholds, but we need to understand them. Now, we've, we've talked about how you know, God has a, a spiritual hierarchy, a structure uh, with the angelic host and so forth. And so does Lucifer, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Now, when we talk about strongholds, so often people are talking about, yes, we've got to pull down that stronghold. We've got to pull down that principality, that power, that ruler of the darkness of this age, that, that spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. But the scripture never tells us to do that. Doesn't tell us to do it. Matter of fact, you can go to Second Corinthians chapter ten, and we'll look beginning at verse three here in just a moment. But the one example that we have of a change, if you would, in the heavenlies, is when in Daniel ten, Daniel was praying for Israel. Through that, he was informed that the result of his prayer was causing the prince of Persia that spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, was being removed, but he would be replaced by the prince of Greece. And, and again, up here in this realm. He, Daniel wasn't praying for that. It happened as a result of his prayer. And here, let's go ahead and look at 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, and we'll look at this a little bit, but we are called to pull down strongholds. See, even though Daniel's prayer made a change in the heavenlies, there was still an evil force in that heavenly place. It just wasn't the prince of Persia anymore. It's the prince of Greece. Now, he goes on, he says here, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, let's look at this first part here a little bit. He says, for though we walk in the flesh. Now, at that point, th that isn't a negative. It's just a statement of fact. You have to function in this world. And when it comes to spiritual warfare... You don't just do it in the spirit. There are things that you have to do in the natural. There are things that you have to do in the flesh, not in carnality, but just things that have to be walked out, things that have to be done. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. In other words, we're not driven by, uh, by natural motivation. If you would, he's also saying, because he uses this term later, we're not being carnal with it. We're not being carnal. See, that's what brings in uh, to play 
the, uh, the wrong desires and the wrong motives and so forth is that carnality. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God for pulling down strongholds. We are assigned the task of pulling down strongholds. Now, a lot of people pray, oh, God, pull down that stronghold. No, he, Paul didn't say, God will pull down the strongholds. He said, your weapons, the weapons God gave you, are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Those strongholds are our responsibility to deal with. If you would, it goes back to Genesis 2.15, the uh, original mandate that was given to man. Tend and keep the garden, or as I like to put it, more modern translations, cultivate and protect. Humanity, Adam, was asked by God, assigned by God, to cultivate and to protect this planet, this culture, if you would, that God gave him to ensure that it stayed godly. Now, unfortunately, Adam failed in that. He didn't protect Eve. He didn't protect his family from the serpent. He allowed the serpent to be entertained. He did not protect the garden. And it has created problems for all of us at this point. But the weapons of warfare are not carnal. Sometimes people say, well, it's just politics. Uh, no, there is, <laughs> there is the Spirit of Christ and being a representative of his and functioning accordingly. And then there is carnality. And the bottom line, talking about the spiritual dynamics of government, the body of Christ is to carry the spirit of Christ, the image of Christ, the likeness of Christ into every arena of the world, every arena of society. We are to carry it into those realms, not to be carnal. See, it is political to lie and to deceive. It is. That, that is par for the course in uh, politics, if you would, and to be self-serving and self-interested. That is a norm for politics. That is not the norm for a servant of God. That's not what the Spirit of Christ is all about. And so with this, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We can't be carnal and win the battle from that standpoint. You see, let's go back in our minds to the temptation of Jesus. Now, in Matthew's gospel, the last one listed is when it says Satan took Jesus up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. See, now, I don't think that was just the kingdoms of that moment. I don't think it was the kingdoms of all time and their glory. Number one, there is no literal mountain that you could even see all the kingdoms of the world at a given moment in time. But Satan did that. Now, here's the temptation. He said, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. Now, here's the interesting thing. Satan did not offer directly. Satan did not offer Jesus 
souls. He didn't offer the lives of the people to Jesus. You see, I'm not tempted to eat lemon pie. You can set it down there in front of me all day long. I don't like lemon pie. I have no desire for lemon pie. Matter of fact, I mean, if it's already been sliced a little bit, I don't even like the looks of it. I'm not tempted with that. But see, James tells us in James chapter 1, in order to be tempted, you're, you're having your own desires pulled upon. For Jesus to be tempted, Satan was pulling on, his own, on Jesus' own desires. Now, thank God Jesus didn't sin, but how would it be that Lucifer would offer the kingdoms of this world and not the people of this world? And here's basically why. It's because governments, and this goes back again to the spiritual dynamic of governments, governments largely dictate the way the majority of people go. If you would, think of a bell curve. There are people on one side. There's this smaller percentage of people. They're going to obey God no matter what the rest of the world does. And on the other side, there's a group of people. They're not going to live for God no matter what the rest of the world does or what happens. But in the middle, in the middle, that group is the group that is swayed. That group, if you would, is the majority of the souls in a nation. Satan was offering Jesus sway over the governments of those nations. You see, the way that a nation goes largely dictates how the majority of the people in that country will go. Most people will not go against the stream. Most people will not, you know, go opposite the way things are going. You see, if God can get control of a nation, if he can influence the leaders of a nation, then that nation will be more godly. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. They will be more godly. They will have uh, laws that reflect biblical principles, and they will be happy. The people rejoice when the righteous are in power, basically. On the flip side, if the devil gains access and has influence over a government, then that government becomes more oppressive. That government limits liberty. That government leads off in a direction and ultimately promotes sin. And if you would, that control of government is one of the biggest influences on the masses, on the majority of people within a nation. Now, in other countries, countries that, uh, if you would, are not democratic republics, because that's what we are. We are a democratic republic. We are not a democracy. If anybody tells you that, they're not telling you the truth. Our Constitution actually says 
we are a republic. You know, the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. We are a republic, not a democracy. We are a democratically elected republic. Now, with that, that being the case here in America, government is downstream of culture. See, government that is not a democratically elected representatives, it flips it. And government then becomes upstream of culture and it dictates culture. And you see there are people wanting to make changes in our nation right now so that the government can dictate culture, not the people. That's one reason that it says, we the people of the United States. Abraham Lincoln's uh, famous speech, a, a, a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. You see, at that point, our government is downstream of culture. But the devil would prefer to have it where culture is downstream of government. And everyone that wants the government to fix culture is wanting government in control and ultimately will drive God from society, will take away freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, uh, down the line, you can forget the Bill of Rights if government is upstream of culture. Because Satan wants to control the culture and he wants to get it where government can do that. Then he only has to control a small group of people to control the entire nation. God bless you. We'll pick up on this again tomorrow. You've been listening to Ecclesia Principles with Ray Eppard. Follow us on YouTube and Facebook on our Ray Eppard pages. This program was brought to you by Victory Worship Center and World Outreach. Services Sunday, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, 200 Hammond Lane, Stanton, Virginia. To everything, there is a season, a time to plant and a time to harvest. Ecclesiastes 3.1.2 Augusta Seed is an independent, family-owned and operated seed company located in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. They provide quality seed, first-class genetics, and affordable prices. Get your seed and start planting today. Contact Augusta Seed online at AugustaSeed.com.